Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a good Monday, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. we got a wide variety of subjects to cover, uh, including a school shooting in my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee, which will be our lead. Uh, ESPN going full woke as it pertains to Leah Thomas, the NCAA tourney wackiness. Uh, I was at some of those games up in Madison Square Garden, and Lamar Jackson asked for a trade on March 2nd. We begin with, obviously, the most serious news story of the day, a shooting at Covenant School, a small private elementary school in Green Hills, just outside of Nashville. Uh, I lived in Green Hills uh, for a part of my time in Nashville. You guys all know I am one of those rarest of things, a born and bred Nashvillian. So I know exactly what all the parents of Nashville and really parents all over the country are feeling today. So look, I started off today as I start off pretty much every morning. I took my second grader to his elementary school. Uh, and I made sure that my sixth grader got on the bus to his school and my ninth grader was driven to school by my wife. So I have kids at three different Nashville area schools, two public, one private. Um, and when the news broke in the 10 a.m. hour central time here today, uh, I immediately felt sick to my stomach as every parent does uh, when any story like this arises. Now, I'm going to update you on the facts as they have been reported so far. I want to make this clear. This is as they have been reported so far. It is 2.40 Central Time, 3.40 on the East Coast, 12.40 Pacific. Some of these facts may well turn out to be untrue, but this is what has been reported so far. So I want to make sure that I get everything uh, out there off the top here. Uh, at 10.13... There was a report, AM Central Time, a report of shots fired at Covenant School. Uh, shortly thereafter, a team of five Nashville police officers entered the school and engaged a 28-year-old shooter who was armed with three different guns. Uh, there are reports that this 28-year-old female shooter may have been a student at one point at this Covenant School in her childhood. Three adults and three children have been murdered. The Metro Nashville Police, according to their report, two of their officers directly confronted and killed this 28-year-old female shooter. Uh, so, right off the top, I want to give credit to the Nashville police officers who responded to the reports of this shooting and arrived and killed this shooter, likely saving many lives in the process. Now, we still don't know any of the motivations. We still don't know any of the, uh, uh, any of the reason why this shooting may have occurred. So I'm putting that off to the side. We'll see what ends up happening as it pertains to 
uh, this story, okay? This is my hometown. This is uh, something that obviously I am very closely connected to. But I want to say, in the immediate aftermath of this shooting, certainly my heart goes out to anyone involved as a parent, uh, as a family member, to anybody involved here. And in the same way that I responded to Uvalde down near the border in Texas by looking at this and saying, what can we do to make this less likely to happen? I'm going to reiterate a lot of the same things that I said then. And I don't know the facts patterns as it pertains to this local Covenant Elementary School, right? It's a private school, religious school, connected appears to a church in the Green Hills area of Nashville. Um, What I would say in general is... Every one of my kids' schools has an armed security guard at it, including, and I'll start just talking elementary school in particular. Uh, My kids go to a public elementary school. There is an armed security guard that has been in their uh, elementary school every day for the entire time that any of my kids have been there. I think that is what should happen at every school in America. Uh, whether it's elementary school, whether it's middle school, whether it is high school. If we can spend $100 billion to make Ukraine safer, if we can hire 87,000 IRS agents, I don't understand why we can't hire school resource officers, armed security at every single school in America. That's my opinion. Also, you cannot, in theory, get into my kids' schools without having to push a buzzer, pull out your ID, and hold it up for the school to see. Now, that doesn't mean that everything is perfect, but it doesn't matter who you are. If I try to go right now down to my school and pick up my son, as I will shortly do when I finish this show today, if I try to go there and do that, and I don't have my driver's license with me, they won't let me in the school. They won't let me pick up my kid, okay? I don't understand why every school doesn't have all-day locked doors requiring photo security to get in, armed security officers. That seems to me to be a minimum that we should want in all of our schools. Now, I also believe that before everybody starts screaming about needing more gun control, almost without question, every single mass shooting in America violates existing gun laws. That is, there are very few times when mass shooters are in possession of weapons and are entitled to be in possession of those weapons. So I understand there's an immediate rush to say, oh, we need more gun safety laws and everything else. Let's actually apply the law and see how many laws were broken uh, before all is said and done here. And again, that's why for me, my first thought is take it outside of politics, armed security in every school, Locked doors in every school. How would that have made a difference in Uvalde, in Nashville, wherever else there may be incidents of school-related violence? I also want to say I am hopeful, hopeful that the lesson from Uvalde is for every single police officer and every single uh, police force out there, when there are mass shootings, particularly those involving schools, You don't wait and set up a perimeter. You run to the sound of gunfire and you keep going no matter what until the shooter is neutralized. That means everybody goes in, puts their own life on the line. It appears that that's what occurred in this Nashville school shooting. I don't believe that there is anything gained 
when the immediate action in the aftermath is what Joe Biden did, which has come out. It was very awkward. We were live on Clay and Buck. You may have heard us. Joe Biden came out, called for an assault weapon ban. But before he did that, live on television, he was walking around talking about how much he liked chocolate chip ice cream. It was very strange, very awkward, totally hit the wrong tone. And look, I understand on our radio show, it's hard to go from one topic to another when it's a serious topic like this. I'm about to flip from talking about the Nashville school shooting to talking about the NCAA tournament, Lamar Jackson, Leah Thomas. Those are much less significant stories. But I'm going to say, in much less significant fashion, let me talk about these now because I am going to treat this story with the respect that it deserves. And I'm speaking to you as a parent of Nashville area school kids going to three different schools. So when this story broke, my stomach dropped because the fear of every parent deep in your darkest nightmares is that something violent could happen to one of your children and that you wouldn't be there to try and protect them. This is the worst nightmare. I can only imagine what those parents are going through. I am a born, bred, and probably will be here until my life is over, Nashvillian. And so I know exactly what those parents feel like. I take my kids, as I said, to school every single day. Most days, I even walk and pick up. As soon as I finish this show today, uh, I will head up to my local elementary school and pick up my son and walk home with him, my second grader. So I desperately and deeply understand what parents all over the country are going through, but in particular, those parents who lost kids today and everyone who has lost loved ones in violent situations like these, which are occurring all too much frequency all over the country. Uh, so those are my thoughts on uh, the Nashville school shooting and everything right now that we know about those details. Uh, much less serious. ESPN over the weekend ran for Women's History Month a celebration of Leah Thomas winning a 500-meter NCAA championship. Uh, they called her a women's hero. If you wonder how we have ended up in this world where you have situations where men are dominating in women's sports and you have scenarios where uh, somehow people are out there bragging about what exactly happened uh, surrounding this situation, uh, it's because ESPN has fundamentally broken itself and has lost control. Uh, this is uh, this is crazy. Women's History Month honoring Leah Thomas, a man who decided to compete as a woman. And I thought I want to give the uh, the word here to Riley Gaines, a University of Kentucky women's swimmer who competed against uh, who competed against Leah Thomas. And this was I thought incredibly well said. Riley Gaines said. Leah Thomas is not a brave, courageous woman who earned a national title. He is an arrogant cheat who stole a national title from a hardworking, deserving woman. The NCAA is responsible. If I was a woman working at ESPN, I would walk out your spineless ESPN. Hashtag boycott 
ESPN. Um, I think that's well said by Riley Gaines. Uh, I give credit to her for speaking out about this direct attack upon women's athletics. And if you wondered about the noxiousness of the woke agenda, consider what ESPN did here. As your kids or your grandkids sit down to watch sports stories, they are being told that Leah Thomas, a man who has decided to identify as a woman, is a courageous part of women's history. This is not true. Sports is about the best man or woman winning. It's not about the best man who identifies as a woman winning. If that becomes a reality, every sport in America that involves women's athletics becomes a sham. And if you're wondering, it's only men who identify as women that can compete for championships, right? It's not women who identify as men. Women who identify as men cannot even make, by and large, the male teams, much less win championships. That's because biology is real. Look, we have age limits. We have size limits as it pertains to the children uh, that are uh, that are in terms of the schools that they go to. We have weight limits in boxing. We have all sorts of permutations and rules that are in place to keep someone from cheating. And I'll just point out, do you remember the kid in the Bronx, Danny Altamonte, I believe was his name, who attempted at 14 years old to play in the Little League World Series? Everybody lost their minds over what a threat to competition it was to have a 14-year-old boy pretending to be a 12-year-old boy. Well, here we have a man pretending to be a woman. This is far worse than a two-year age gap, yet we're trying to be taught that this is normal. And there's a lot of people out there, including this loser sports center anchor who spent the entire Sunday coming after me for talking about this incident, who refuses to say whether he thinks women should be able to identify, uh, uh, men should be able to identify as women and dominate in women's athletics. Look, you can agree or disagree with me on any number of issues out there, Okay. You can agree or disagree with me on anything. What you should know is, I don't have to do this, right? If you're wondering, oh, what is Clay Travis's agenda? My agenda is basically the same as it has always been to tell you exactly what I think. I've got enough money to retire and ride off into the sunset, okay? I'm very fortunate. To me, if you're a viewer, what that would tell me is something pretty significant. Unlike a lot of people out there who might have to carry water for ideas they disagree with, as many ESPN employees are doing by shutting up their mouths, even though they know that everything about this Leah Thomas situation is a lie and that they are being forced to propagate lies, I don't have to do that. If I wanted to throw up the deuces and say, peace out, I'm retiring. I'm throwing my phone in the ocean. You'll never be able to find me again. I don't ever have to work again. I'm fortunate. I'm 43 years old and I am so wealthy that I could retire. That's the reality. I have the freedom to say as a result exactly what I think. Because if somebody gets mad at me and they say, you can't say that, I can just be like, okay, see ya. I don't have to have this job. I don't have to say a word that I don't believe in. How many people in media can say that? Very, very few. Most people, not just in media, but in life, are in obligation to work 
Therefore, they can't say what they really think because they have to make a job to be able to pay their mortgage, to be able to pay for their kids to go to school. I understand that. Trust me, I've been there before. I'll talk about it in a moment as it pertains to Lamar Jackson. I'm not in that position anymore. I'm in a position, it's an incredible luxury, where I get to wake up every single day and say exactly what I think about every subject under the sun. And some of you out there are going to disagree with me. Some of you out there are going to say, I think Clay Travis is full of crap. That's your right. You have the right to listen to my opinions and say, you disagree with me wholeheartedly. You can go on social media. You can run your mouth about how much you think I'm an idiot. More power to you. That's what the marketplace of ideas is. But understand, I'm doing this because I love it, not because I have to. And that means that I can tell you exactly what I think And that, I believe, is why OutKick's audience is skyrocketing and why ESPN is the woke disaster that it is. Because they are filled with people who can't say what they really think. And as a result, the far left-wing woke agenda has overtaken their entire company. It's never going to happen at OutKick. It's never going to happen with any company that I run. And it's certainly never going to happen with me. Uh, NCAA tournament wackiness. Look. Anybody foresee this happening? We got San Diego State going up against FAU. One of those two teams is going to be in the championship game. On the other side, we have got uh, UConn going up against Miami. It's going to be the easiest ticket. Positive. If you are in Houston or you want to travel to Houston and you've always wanted to go to the Final Four, I'm not sure there will have ever been a cheaper Final Four ticket. Texas almost made it. That would have made it very difficult. Houston was a one seed. That would have made the ticket very difficult. Instead, no major team made it. Now, people are like, oh, UConn's got a big fan base. No, they don't. UConn does not have a big fan base compared to a lot of the traditional blue blood programs. San Diego State, UConn, Miami, and FAU do not have large fan bases. Okay? That's why tickets are crashing in terms of what they cost to get in. Now, the positive is... If you want to go to the Final Four, you want to take your kids, you've been thinking about going to the Final Four your whole life, I'm not sure you'll ever find a time when a ticket is cheaper than this year. Um, But I believe this is the wackiest Final Four we have ever seen. Uh, If you have, frankly, any of these Final Fours uh, teams, you're probably going to win your bracket challenge. If you have more than one of these teams in your Final Four, you are probably some sort of basketball savant If you have all four of them, you are, frankly, probably a wizard and can't be trusted at all. Um, Also, look, I was up at Madison Square Garden. I was sitting courtside to watch the University of Tennessee choke away second half game against FAU. Congrats to the FAU win. The next day, I watched as Brandon Miller went three for 19 from the floor, I believe, including one for 11 from three. Brandon Miller, given the number of shots he took, the lowest shooting percentage of any player in the modern NCAA history. The Alabama men's basketball team, as I said that night, Friday, as soon as the results came down in San Diego State, won. Wrong place, wrong time. Uh, The tide, it feels to me, like the University of Tennessee, cursed no matter what happens. Missouri as well. There's relatively few of these programs They just can't manage to make a Final Four no matter what. And if you're out there and you've wondered, which teams have been to the NCAA tournament the most without actually making it to the Final Four? I thought this was interesting. 
Uh, these are the teams that have been to the final four, uh, <coughs> sorry, the NCAA tournament the most without making a final four. Tennessee, Alabama, uh, Xavier, Missouri, and BYU. Those are the teams. Those are the five most cursed NCAA tournament teams, the ones who have been to the most final fours without finding a way, for, sorry, most NCAA tournaments without finding a way to advance. BYU the most, followed by Xavier, Missouri, then Tennessee, then Alabama. Those are the five programs that have been to the NCAA tournament the most times without actually managing to make it to a Final Four. Um, Lamar Jackson. Let me talk about Lamar Jackson here for a moment. We'll be right back in a moment, but first, this break. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Um, Lamar Jackson went to Twitter earlier today and said he asked for a trade on March 2nd from the Ravens. Uh, and people are reacting to this, what team might be interested to get him. John Harbaugh has said uh, that they are, hold on, we got to check in to see if we've got a new alert. Um, Still no more information. Sorry, I've got televisions that are running uh, with updating news over uh, over my shoulder here. Uh, So I want to make sure whether or not there's any updated news coming down uh, from the Nashville shooting. Uh, Lamar Jackson asked for a trade on March 2nd. Uh, As part of that trade on March 2nd, we're now in a debate. John Harbaugh says, hey, I expect for Lamar Jackson to be playing for me. Everybody's got strong takes on the Lamar Jackson situation. Mine is pretty straightforward. I think both these guys are behaving in a rational fashion. What do I mean by that? Lamar Jackson clearly sees the contract that Deshaun Watson got and rightly believes I am being undervalued. I am a better performer than Deshaun Watson has been. I deserve at least as much money as he got. I don't blame him for thinking that. If I were Lamar Jackson, I'd be thinking the same thing. And certainly Lamar Jackson is also looking around and saying, wait a minute, Kyler Murray got big money. I'm better than Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson got big money. I'm better than Russell Wilson. Frankly, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I believe that I am the best quarterback in the NFL. Now, I'm not sure that's true. But if you are Lamar Jackson, you should believe that you are the best at what you do. Right? That's the way he has to think in order to perform at an incredibly elite level. So I don't begrudge Lamar Jackson saying, trade me, you're not willing to pay me what my market value is. I don't begrudge that choice at all. I also don't begrudge the Baltimore Ravens saying, wait a minute, the Browns, the Cardinals, and the Broncos with three recent contracts, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson, have sabotaged potentially their salary caps by giving too much money to a quarterback that hasn't proven that he is super elite. And if that occurs, then we don't want to sabotage our franchise, especially given that Lamar Jackson is not potentially healthy enough 
to play years and years into the future if we're going to give him a multi-year guarantee. Now, both of those can be rational perspectives. The Ravens can believe they have made a full and fair valued offer to Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson can believe that he is being wildly undervalued relative to the offer that was put forward to him. So how do we assess? That's why Lamar Jackson says, trade me. Let's find out what my value is on the open market. Now, Lamar Jackson, will see. I respect this because let me tell you, I've been undervalued before. I can think both as talent and also as management, right? Because when you run a business like I run, ran OutKick, you have to think, hey, how much can we afford to pay X? How much can we afford to pay Y? You have to make a payroll. And therefore, you can't just go out there giving out money willy-nilly if you're going to run a for-profit business because you can sabotage a business by overpaying for your workers. Simultaneously, I've been a worker who believes that he is wildly undervalued. In fact, who knows that he is wildly undervalued? That's how I ended up starting OutKick. I have worked, very few people have done this, I have even worked at a business you guys who've been, some of you guys have been listening to me for t- over 10 years now. I had the highest rated, I was a part of the highest rated local sports talk show in the country. My contract came up. I got $20 uh, a day salary increase offer. $20 a day. That's $7 an hour. I could have gone and gotten a job at McDonald's for three hours a day and made more money than what they offered me a salary increase in Nashville to continue doing my 3HL show. You know what I said? Basically what Lamar Jackson said. Peace, I'm out. Ended up making scores of money more than I would have if I had signed on with that Nashville show. Wasn't because I didn't love what I was doing. It was just I was not going to continue to work as hard as I did, and allow them to make money off of my talent hand over fist while they gave me McDonald's era, McDonald's level salary increases. Um, And by the way, when I started doing radio, I was making $40,000 a year. I get paid more to speak for an hour than I did to do an entire year of radio. It's kind of crazy to think about in terms of my career over the last decade. I get paid more to speak for an hour than I did to do an entire year of radio in Nashville. But I understand what it's like to be wildly undervalued relative to the market, to see other people, Lamar Jackson's case, who are not as talented as you, making way more than you. It's frustrating. You want to be paid based on your performance. I tend to side with talent because ultimately, as much as I run management, I'm still talent too, but I can see both perspectives here. So I don't begrudge Lamar Jackson for making his decision at all. I don't think this is race-related. I don't think this is in anything other than a dispute over Lamar Jackson's value at quarterback. I don't blame him for wanting to be traded and trying to maximize his value. I also don't blame the Ravens for trying to avoid spending too much uh, on uh, this particular uh, talent contract. All right. I love all of you. I'm going to continue to follow Uh, all of this story out of Nashville. I'll continue to update you at Clay Travis. You can follow me there. Uh, I appreciate all of you and everything that, uh, that, that you guys do for OutKick every single day. 
Hug your kids and your grandkids as I will be doing tonight. Pray for those who cannot do that. I'm going to leave you now and go pick up my kid at his local elementary school. Love all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. This has been OutKick, the show.